are new every morning. So, Father, we come boldly to the throne of grace. Your word says so that we can obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. And, Father, we need the Spirit of God to not just interpret what a man is saying, but we need the Spirit of God to impart what God is saying. And so I step back now so the Spirit of God can minister grace to the hearers of your word. And I thank you in advance for signs, miracles, and wonders to follow this word today in the mighty name of Jesus. Let everybody say amen. Amen, amen. amen. God bless you. Hold your Bibles up real high. I want you to say, this is God's word. Come on, say it like you mean it. This is God's word. Not Pastor Evans' word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Last week, we started a second edition of our series called New Covenant Living, and we entitled it Faith for New Covenant Living. Everybody say faith for New Covenant Living. And the purpose of the series is to help us understand what faith is and then how to use faith in our everyday lives as well as how to use faith to activate this new covenant so we can live a life of victory. And so if you're taking notes this morning, the message title is Getting Faith Results. Getting Faith Results. And if you have your Bibles, I want you to find Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7, we're going to go to verse 1. We're going to use Galatians chapter 5, verses 6. And uh, and I'll give you a third one if I think we're going to go in that direction. So that was Luke chapter 7, verse 1, and then Galatians chapter 5, verses 6. Now, touch your neighbor and say, he's about to review. Okay, last week we learned from Hebrews chapter 8, verse 6, that Jesus was the mediator of a better covenant and the Bible says with better promises. Everybody say a better covenant with better promises. And we looked at why this covenant is better and we looked at what made the promises better. And so one of the main points that I used on last week that I'm going to start out with today is that this new covenant that Jesus died for us to have, the only way that you and I are going to access the promises that are better in this covenant is that we must access these promises with our faith. And so I want you to go over to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews 11, or they can put it on the screen. Hebrews chapter 11. This is a very important point because I want to show you that the only way you and I are going to live a promise-driven life is that we have to understand that these promises are only accessed by our faith. It says in Hebrews 11.32, And what shall I say the more? For the time would fail me to talk about Gideon, to talk about Barak, to talk about Samson and of Jephthah and of David also and Samuel and the prophets. In verse 33 it says, Who through faith, it's talking about all of these individuals, through faith, what's the first thing they did? They subdued kingdoms. Through faith, what else did they do? 
they wrought righteousness. And then through faith, what else did they do? They obtained the promises. So you and I, the only way we're going to obtain the promises that God's made us is through our faith. And that's why I'm on the series that I'm on. Now, we gave an analogy that faith is like a cake mix on last week. When you buy a box of cake mix, you want a complete cake, but the only way that's going to happen, you need to add, everybody say add, you must add additional ingredients to that box or that cake mix. And... uh we, we discovered on last week that in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 5, it says, and these are the things that we need to do to add to our faith. It says, and given our diligence, add to your faith. And then it says virtue and to virtue, knowledge and to knowledge, temperance and to temperance, patience. And so, in other words, I, I showed you that to see that you and I have to add some things to our faith to make it work. Just like you have to add certain ingredients to that cake in order for that cake to come out properly, you have to add some things to your, your faith. And that's why some people's faith doesn't work uh, consistently because they're not adding the things that are necessary in order for their faith to work. Now, we discovered that it is our faith uh, that makes us overcome the world. The Bible says this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. But guess what? Faith by itself will not work. And so I gave you three spiritual ingredients last week that were found in Mark chapter 11. You don't have to turn there. I'm going to tell you what those three ingredients were. The first ingredient was a faith confession. Everybody say a faith confession. In Mark chapter 11, Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall say unto the mountain. So the first thing you and I must do to function in faith, we have to open up our mouth and give a faith confession. And then number two, we said believing. Because he goes on to say, if you believe and not doubt in your heart. Okay. And then the last thing that he talked about was forgiveness. And all three of these ingredients can be found in Mark 11. And I want to recommend if you didn't hear last week's message, go back to the podcast or you may do a better job watching it on YouTube. And we're going to try to get those out earlier during the week so you can uh, go back. Because let me just kind of help you understand how faith works. You know, faith comes by hearing, but it's only developed when you do something with it. Okay. And so uh, I want to recommend that you go to the YouTube channel. Now, my focus today is going to be in helping us achieve faith results. You know, one thing that, uh, you know, if, if I, if I want to work out, I want to make sure I get the benefits of working out. Uh, I don't want to be promised something and never get into what the promise is all about. And so I'm going to hopefully help us get some faith results. And so here's how things are set up. Everybody say, this is how the kingdom works. This is how the kingdom works. Uh, God created everything. And after he created it, he designed everything that he created to watch this function now or reproduce itself in seed form. Say seed form. Everything is reproduced through the seed principle, whether it's animals, whether it's vegetation, whether it's uh, whatever it is, God made sure that once he created it inside of that thing is the seed for that thing to continue to reproduce. And so if you write down Genesis 8:22, it tells us, it says, while the earth remains, is the earth still here? While the earth remains, watch this, it says, seed, time and harvest, cold and heat. We know about that. It's happening right now, right? Summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. And so last week we learned that God has given to every believer, everybody say the measure of faith. Now let me make this clear because the scripture says in Romans that God gave every to everyone the measure of faith. He did not say he gave a measure. 
Okay, because if God gave you a measure and me a measure and somebody else a measure, that measure could be different. But he didn't give everybody a measure. He gave everybody the measure. Everybody say the measure. Amen. And so we noticed that on last week that God gave to every believer the measure of faith. And so when we received this faith, watch this now, it came actually in seed form. Everybody say seed form. Okay, so when you and I receive faith from God, it came in seed form. And most of us don't realize that the reason our faith is not working is because it's still in seed form. Now, I don't know of any human that eats raw popcorn seeds like this. If you do, we have a prayer line specially for you after service. No, no, no. These kernels were not designed for us to eat it uncooked. And most of us don't realize our faith is not working. It's not attracting the promises of God because our faith is still in seed form. Everybody say seed form. Seed form. And so my goal today is to show you how to get it out of seed form. Now, let me prove this to you because in Matthew chapter 17, uh, verse 20, if you look in the B part of verse 20, Jesus said, if you have faith as the grain of a mustard seed, he says, you'll be able to say to the mountain, be removed and, uh, it shall, and nothing shall be impossible with you. In other words, I wanted you to see that Jesus even compared our faith to seeds. All right. So there are two things that I want to share today that I hope will help your faith work because the only way that you and I are going to get our faith uh, results is that we got to get our faith working. And most of us, our faith, we didn't realize that our faith is dormant. You know, the Bible says faith without what? Works is what? Okay, so that means that there is a possibility that my faith can be dead and I not know it. Amen. Now, let's go to Luke chapter 7. We're going to do that as a group. Luke chapter 7. Let's go to Luke chapter 7. I'm going to read this verse to you and I'm going to point out two things today that I know will help you activate your faith. In Luke chapter 7 verse 1, this was a story that Jesus uh, was telling and it says, Now when he, Jesus, had ended all of his sayings in the audience of the people, he, Jesus, entered into Capernaum. And a certain centurion servant who was dear unto him was sick. And ready to die. So here's the context. Jesus had just got through preaching. When he got to this city or this place called Capernaum, a centurion servant came and said, Hey, uh, this, this, this servant that this man loves or is dear to him, he's sick and ready to die. Verse 3, Jesus said, or when Jesus heard, he sent unto him the elders of the Jews. This was the man did this, beseeching him that he would come and heal his servant. And when they had came to Jesus, they besought him instantly saying, Hey, he is worthy from whom you should do this. This man had people who believed in him to a point where these people were sent to Jesus. And they said to Jesus, Hey, listen, Jesus, I know you're healing a lot of people. But this guy, whatever he needs you to do, he's worthy of you doing it. Verse 5. Why? For he loves our nation. I want you to pay attention to that. He loves our nation and he has built us a synagogue. Then Jesus went with them. And when he was not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him saying, Lord, trouble not yourself, for I am not even worthy that you should come into my roof. 
whether neither, neither thought I myself worthy to come to you. But just say in a word, and my servant shall be healed. For I am also a man set under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say unto one, go, and he goes, and to another comes, and he comes, and to my servant do this, and he does it. Verse 9. And when Jesus heard these things, he marveled. Everybody say, Jesus marveled. He marveled at him. He turned around and said to everyone that was following him, he says, I have not found so great faith. No, not in Israel. And they that were sent returned to the house and they found the servant whole that had been sick. Now, as I meditated on this particular verse this week, I kept asking myself the question, what made this man's faith so great? I want you to think about this. This man's faith was so great that it marveled Jesus. Now, you got to have some super faith to marvel Jesus. I mean, it's one thing for us to be marvel, but for, uh, for this man's faith to marvel the Lord Jesus Christ, that man had some great faith. Do you agree with me? And so I kept asking myself the question, hey, what made this man's faith so great? And after just constantly asking myself the question, The Lord said to me, the question should not be what made this man's faith great. What you need to be asking or the question is, what made this man's faith work? Here is why. Because faith in and of itself is great. The Bible says this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Our faith has power. In fact, the faith that we have was the faith that Christ gave us. So faith in itself already has the power. But see, you can have something but not utilize it. So the question is, what, listen, what made this man's faith work? Amen. Now, we already read in Matthew that you can have faith the size of a mustard seed and it will move a mountain. So let's break down this verse because I'm going to show you what made this man's faith work. Because here's the thing. Most of us don't know how to work our faith. We have it, but we don't know how to work it. So watch this now. In verse 2, it says, And a certain centurion servant who was dear unto him was sick and ready to die. So now we see the context. Because this man who wanted his servant healed, he cared or he loved his servant because it says he was dear to him. And then if you look in verse 5, it says, for he, this man, he loves our nation and he has built us a synagogue. So here's point number one as we get into it. What made this man's faith work was that this man was a lover and a giver. Because you see here, he loved, the, the, the servant was dear to him, but it also says he loved our nation and he built us a synagogue. And here's the thing, you cannot love without giving and you can't give without loving the bible says for god so that he what okay so loving and giving go hand in hand you cannot say you love your wife and you don't give something to her can i get an amen from the women amen you can't say you love your husband and don't give anything to him can i get an amen from the men amen the men got some testosterone this morning I saw one man looking around like, uh, amen, amen. He was looking for that club to call him. What? <laughs> this man was a lover. So point number one, if you're taking notes, is faith needs love to work. Faith needs love to work. Now, go to Galatians chapter 5. Here's our main point right here. Here's our main verse right here. 
And in the King James, Galatians chapter 5, verse 6 says this. For in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but watch this, read it with me, but faith which worketh by what? Now, I love the Amplified Bible. It says, for if we are in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith, watch this now, activated and energized and expressed and working through love. See, most of the time we equate walking in love as something that we need to do to watch this benefit people. But if my love is energized uh, or, or my faith is energized by my love, then my, listen, me loving is really not about the person. It's really about my faith working. Now, when you look up the word work it there, he says faith work it by love. The word work it there is the Greek word energio. I'm going to spell it for you. E-N-E-R-G-E-R. Energio, which is where we get our word energy from. So listen, when you look that word up, it means to activate or to be active or to put forth power. So what, what that scripture was saying was for in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but watch this, but faith which is active or faith which puts forth power by love. In other words, church, guess what? The faith that you and I have, as much power is it as it have, it will not work. It will not demonstrate the power unless it is being energized by love. And this is why some people's faith don't work because they are not walking in consistent love. Amen. When you and I got saved, when you and I got saved, God gave us the measure of faith. So let's say that... Uh, this bag is what the measure is. Everybody say the measure. So we get saved. We get faith in seed form and we all got the same amount. Okay, last week I taught you that there are three ingredients that we must add in order for our faith to work. In Mark chapter 11, we must have our confession. We must have uh, uh, forgiveness and also believing. Once we put those things intact, then our faith is ready to work. But here's the problem. Now, I want you to look at it like this. Most people feel like, okay, these two are the same. One is in seed form. One is in manifestation. Which one can you eat? Okay, well, how can I eat it? It's because it has been utilized. It has been cooked. And so here's the thing. You and I, if we don't have love, Working in our life on a regular basis. And I'll explain to you what I mean. If we don't have love working, then our faith is not working. It's still in seed form. So the microwave represents, it represents love. How many know that you got to have some love going on in your life? And see, here's the problem. Uh, most of us, we want to be love, but we don't want to give no love. We think that love is about a feeling, which is not. Love is a decision. But watch this. It says, faith works by my love. So my faith, 
which is inside here. These kernels of corn, this is faith in here. But this faith is not going to work until I put some love. It, it has to have love behind it. And so in order for it to work, I got to put it in here and I got to, you know, push popcorn. And I have to... See, in the midst of your faith working... You know, you love working, you have to have some patience. Huh? The scripture says, love is patient, love is kind. So, your love that you need to be showing, some of y'all just need to express a little patience. See, I know you want that popcorn to be popping right now. I need to pop right now. Right now. Have you ever even stopped the microwave and there's two seconds left? Why, why didn't you just let it go for two more seconds? You have to exercise some patience. But without love, this microphone, this, 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 this microwave popcorn, my faith is not going to work. And that's the problem with a lot of us. We have faith in seed form. But this faith is not working. When we go and ask God for something, we don't get it because our faith is not surrounded y'all hear it Mm. our faith is not surrounded by love so while you're going and praying that's why he's bringing up all these people while you're praying this is why you can't afford to be mad at people when you're in faith it's not hurting them this is why you can't afford watch this now to walk in unforgiveness because My faith can't work. Listen, the moment I stop walking in love, half popped. That's when you get half a blessing. This is where you didn't get breakthrough all the way. You got break, but you didn't get through. Give me a hand clap for that. Give me a hand clap for that. So some of us, when we take the popcorn and put it in the bag, we only got half a bag of popcorn. You know why? Because we're functioning in half love. And so you say, well, Pastor, how how do I I know? Here's the thing. Faith comes by what? Hearing. So most of us, we come to church or we hear the word. So this is what's coming. Faith is coming. Faith is coming. But this does not turn into this until... I operate in love and I start giving those ingredients that are in here. So here's the second thing. Number two, let me give you another verse. Go to, uh, they're going to put 2 Thessalonians on the screen. 2 Thessalonians, I'm going to show you it is simple as walking in love. And this is why the devil's so smart. He just uses people to irritate us because normally strangers don't irritate us. If, if strangers are irritating you all the time, you have an anger problem. You, you have an anger problem, okay? Second Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3 says, We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet or proper, because, watch this, that your faith grows how? Exceed, your faith is growing exceedingly. I wonder why. Because it says, and, everybody say and, and the love or the charity of every one of you toward everyone uh, uh, or each other, it what? 
It abounds. So he's saying here, listen, those people's faith grew exceedingly because their love toward one another grew. Watch Ephesians chapter 1 verse 15. It says, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, watch this, and, everybody say and, and love unto all the saints. A lot of times when you see the word faith in the New Testament, you're going to see the word love because you cannot have faith or your faith will not work without having love with it. Amen. So the second thing we must do, the first thing we must do is that we have to walk in love. The second thing that we must do in order for our faith to get results is, here's number two, is that you and I must have the proper perspective of problems. When you and I, if we're going to have faith results, say faith results. If we're going to have faith results, we have to have the proper perspective of problems. The reality is we're all going to have problems. And listen, problems are actually designed to chisel away at your confidence towards God, which is really chiseling away from your faith. And here's the thing. What you and I go through or what you and I are going through has very little to do with how we feel, but it has a whole lot to do with our faith. See, a lot of times we are going through things, but we don't equate going through those things with our faith. We just think, oh, I'm going through this, or somebody did this to me, somebody did this to me. No, at the end of the day, your faith is what's on trial. Go to 1 Peter chapter 1. We're going to use this verse, and then we'll close with this verse. 1 Peter chapter 1. He says in verse 6, Wherein you greatly rejoice, though for a season, if need be, you are in a heaviness through manifold temptation." Everybody say for a season. Verse 7. That the trial of your what? Faith being much more precious than gold that perisheth though it be tried with fire might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. I love the living Bible. This is what it says. These trials are only to test your faith to see whether or not it is strong and pure. It is being tested as fire tests gold and purifies it. And your faith, watch this, is far more precious to God than mere gold. So if your faith remains strong after being tried in the test tube of the fiery trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day of his return. In other words, listen, the goal of a trial is to stop your faith from working. The trial itself is not really the issue. The issue is the trial is actually testing your faith. And so when you and I are going through something, that's not the time to not obey the word. Because, listen, the trial is the thing that is testing to see if you believe in what you say you believe. Here's the problem when most people are going through things. They settle or they become comfortable with the fact that they believe. But the, listen, believing is only agreeing with the truth. That's, only, that's all what believing is. And so many people get comfortable with what they believe in. When, listen, it's not about what I'm believing as much as it is what I choose to act on what I believe. Because that's what faith is. Faith is acting on what you believe. And so when you and I are going through different trials, you got to realize that trial is really only there to test your faith. And that's why the word must not only get in your heart, but it needs to stay in your heart. You can just write down Mark chapter 4, verse 14. Mark chapter 4, verse 14. I'm going to read it because it's, it's not 
what happens to me on the outside that affects my faith. It's what I allow to get on the inside of me that affects my faith. I'm going to say that again. It's not really what's on the outside that affects my faith. It's what I allow to get on the inside that affects my faith. Watch this. Mark chapter 4, it says, the sower sows the word. So as I'm sowing the word this morning, the word is going out in seed form. Everybody say seed form. And then verse 15, it says, and these are they by the wayside wherein the word is sown. Watch this. But when they have heard, Satan comes when? Next week? When does he come? Come on, class. When does he come? He comes when? Immediately. To do what? To take away the word that was what? Why does he do that? Because the word is what's going to produce fruit if you let it stay planted long enough. And that's the thing. Trials are designed to dig the word up so the word won't stay in there long enough for it, watch this, to produce some roots so it can produce some fruit. And so what the devil does, he knows how to get a lot of us off. All he's got to do is throw a problem my way and we just fall apart. Oh, they look like they're doing good. Let me throw a problem at them. And then he throws a problem at them. Oh, I don't know what I'm doing, do God. I don't know why I'm going through this. Everybody say that's negative. The soul sows the word. He comes immediately, watch this, to steal the word that was sown in my heart, which tells me now that it is my responsibility to guard my heart when the word is sown to keep it in there long enough for that word to start working. You say, well, Pastor, how, how, how do I do that? Watch what he says in verse 16. And these are they likewise which are sown in stony ground. When they have heard the word, immediately they are happy. And then they have no root in themselves, but they endure for a time. But when affliction or persecution arises, watch this, for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. And that's one of the biggest weapons that the devil uses on church people is offense. Because offense is what gets the word out. And so that's why he wants you offended. You know, you know, you walk by and you spoke to brother, brother, brother so-and-so and he didn't see you. And next thing you know, you, you full-blown offended. Didn't even realize brother so-and-so is blind. He just didn't have his stick that day. He didn't, he didn't have his stick that day. He didn't have it. He, he didn't have it. It says, and these are they which are sown on thorns. They hear the word, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the lust of other things enter in. Watch this. It chokes the word and the word becomes unfruitful. And then these are they which are sown on good ground. They hear the word, receive it. They bring forth fruit, 36 and 100 fold. So watch this. My ability to maintain that word in my heart so it can grow is what determines whether I get the 30 to 60 or 100 fold. Listen to this. It is not up to God on what fold I get. It is up to my ability to maintain my heart so that work can stay in there to manifest fruit. I'm going to say it one more time. See, we want to put, we want to put it on God. God, give me 36 or 104, whichever one you want me to have. No, 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 no. My heart condition is what's going to determine whether I get the 30, 60 or 100. It just said it right here. So guess what? How do we do this? Let's apply what I'm talking about right here. Let's apply it. Number one. My love level can be measured by my brother level, by my brother treatment level. I'm going to say it again. My love level can be measured by my brother treatment level. Or I can say my neighbor treatment. Jesus said, love thy neighbor as what? Okay, so how can you and I measure our love? Because some of y'all think y'all are lovers and you're not. You ever met people and they think they're smiling but they're not? 
come on. See, love, because sometimes we can't measure it, but I'm going to help you measure it. So this is how you measure it. First John chapter 4, verse 20, it says, if, if a man say, I love God, how I many love God in here? Let me see here. All right. If I love God and hates his brother, he's a what? He's a liar. For he that loves not his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God who he has not seen? And this is the commandment that we have from him, that he who loves God, watch it. Now, this is the commandment. He says, he who loves God loves his brother who? So you can't, look, your your love is not working. It is not on. The The microwave is not working. It is unplugged. If you are not treating your neighbor as yourself. See, this is, this is where it gets to the core right here. So the first thing I got to do to make this lesson work, because see, this is why Pastor Evan try to stay in love all day, every day, 24-7. And the devil knows how to get me. He knows I hate bad customer service. It's on his list. How can I give it? Now, I said, the demons just meet together. How can we get past seven today? Well, uh, you know what? He's got to make a phone call about something. Let, 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 uh, let Lucretia get on his nerve. <laughs> no, this is a true story. I'm, I'm going to stop right here. This is a this true story. So, uh, heaven, uh, someone hit heaven. She had an accident. And so, you know, I, I'm the one that got to pick up all the pieces, call the insurance company, do all that kind of stuff. So I'm, I called the opposing insurance company because it was the other person's fault. And, uh, you know, I get this young lady on the phone and, you know, I could tell she was African-American. No big deal. You know, we're all competent, right? Uh, but but I, I was having to help her more than I should have. You ought to know what time zone you in. You in it. I shouldn't be telling you you on the East Coast. It's you are an hour ahead of me. I shouldn't have to do all that. And so I'm going through this, and I mean, we are just going around the mulberry bush. And I'm telling you, I could feel my blood pressure going up. I could feel my love going down. It was going down. And I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, you know, um, I'm thinking, you know what? I bet, uh, I bet this girl's name is, uh, what did I say? Uh, I said something like La- Lakeisha. That's what I said. I, bet, I said, I bet her name is Lakeisha. And so at the end of the conversation, I said, so ma'am, what was your name again? She says, Lakeisha. I was like, <laughs> I was close. What is the devil trying to do to get you out of love? Second thing, you got to guard your heart with the promises of God so that your heart is guarded with the word. So I want to close because there are some people. I know last week we talked about unforgiveness, but you cannot walk in consistent unforgiveness or forgiveness. You can't walk in consistent forgiveness until you've made a decision. You're going to walk in consistent love. And there's some tests that some of you all are getting ready to go through. And the test is really about your faith. The question is going to be, are you going to keep your microwave going? Or are you just going to stop it? So with every head bowed, every eye closed, here's my question. What is the Spirit of God saying to you?
Are you walking in consistent love? Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we know that we can love because the scripture says the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Spirit of God on the inside. When we leave this place, help us to be conscious of whether we are walking in the love of God or not. And, and Father, when, we, when you see us drifting away from the love arena, when you see us maybe drifting away from having a Christ-like attitude, when you see us drifting,